Seven. Fill it with more. Six. Five. Four. Hey, welcome back to the Blue Collar from Podcast. I'm Graham. I'm here with Luke, Richie, and Cody. Richie's here this week after uh, several. Hey, I know, welcome back, Richie. Uh, <laughs> did I say I the episode number? All the work. It's 165. We have Eddie Kemp, who just got back from, or I don't know if he just got back, but he was at King of Hammers uh, 2024. I'm very excited to hear his take on that. And. I don't know. I don't think we've had you on since you. I think you've changed rigs twice since. Uh... Yeah, I believe so. <laughs> Holy shit! It's, well, has it been that long, or are you just like stupid and keep buying new rigs? Like, what's the what's the NLBL uh, answer? Yes. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is a good one. I'm involved partially. It's been a while, and I swap rigs a lot, so it's okay. Ah. Uh. That that guy you got that rig off of is uh, interesting. The current one? Yeah. yeah. I think it looks goofy, but I kind of like it. It looks really better, it's better now than it did, for yes. sure. <laughs> Agreed, for sure. I can't remember. Was that thing originally white, then it got painted orange, and then it got painted black? Um, it was... It was- According to the paint that comes off the chassis when I smack a rock or something, it was green, orange, and then its current color, which is like a really deep blue. It's blue? It's like a really, really, really deep blue. That The actual color is ink black Rust-Oleum, but to me, it's more of like a dark navy blue than it is black. Oh, all right, all right. Interesting. I'm about I, it. From like 10 <laughs> feet, I've always thought it was black. But it's yeah. more of a Luke blue, weird. Well, what gets me is everybody says, "Oh, it's black," and I'll take you know a black anything and put it against, and I was like, "This is black. This is not black." <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's always funny when they've got like a million paint jobs. Uh, the green yeah, buggy we were talking like about. A, it looks like a pride flag at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> the green buggy we were talking about earlier was a. Uh, before we started, it's got black tube work now, but it was green before that, and it was red before that. So it's just Christmas colors underneath. that just absolutely yeah. shine through at the smallest scratch. Oh yeah, the no matter what kind of paint you put on it, it's just gonna look like a yeah. like a tie dye shirt or something afterwards. Yeah, it does not hide it well at all. No. All right, so yeah. do we want to get into the, the trip first, or do we want to start talking about the rig and then the adventure that it kind of took to get to the point of you? Actually, we should probably do that. Tell us about the rig. Tell us about, a little bit about the adventure, what you did to it, what you had to get done to it before you went on your adventure to KOH. Uh, well, when I first got the buggy, it definitely needed some love aesthetically and mechanically-wise. Uh, when I first got it, I got it two weeks before the Web Wheelers Ball in West Virginia. So oh, I basically shit. got it, got it home, crawled all over it, did a bolt check, and put it on a trailer, drove seven hours to West Virginia, and then very quickly learned that it needed either more axle gearing or a much lower transfer case. Worked out a deal. Luke got in on this deal. Did some serious horse trading. Uh, and- yeah, that was that was a total clusterfuck. But any yeah. deal involving Tony ends up being a clusterfuck. 
Yeah, it worked out great for me. I'm not going to lie. I got exactly what I wanted out of it. Um, yeah. About <laughs> that. Did you end up with the clune or something like that? <laughs> I was I was literally talking to him earlier today, and he was talking about a clune box that he used no. to have. I don't know. No, uh, no actually, me... Nick ended up with the clune. Let me. I, I ended yeah. up with the four three Atlas. <laughs> uh, Wait, okay. how the fuck? Did... Wait a second. I thought. Oh my god, my brain. How did you end up with the four three? Well, the plan was I traded him the Comanche for the four three Atlas, and then when Luke went to go get his chassis, he was going to deliver the Comanche. Yeah. Whenever he went there to get his chassis, and then I don't, I don't know the ins and outs of that trade. So then I know, I'll, I know I'll the Comanche lived in my house for several months afterwards. So <laughs> I'll just fill that in. Um, so what happened was Tony was like, Hey, um, I don't know if you still want to do the chassis. Cause I was like, you know, I got offered the commons and that whole debacle that happened there. And like, then I found out that our place was going up on the market and, it looked like we were going to have to move because they were talking about kicking out both tenants because there's the anyways, house next anyways, door. And, anyways, huh? we don't need all of it. Um, so <laughs> it's already a crazy story. enough story. <laughs> so to make a long story short, I ended up trading the chassis for the Comanche, thinking that it would be easy to flip said Comanche. It is not easy to flip said Comanche. <laughs> um. At this point, we are bending up bumpers and starting to fix said Comanche. In the toboggle of that whole situation, I knew it was a, a cluster. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I ended up with the Atlas. That was a, one of the first things I did to it, other than swap the front of the coolovers because I had air shocks and they were god freaking awful. <laughs> and then. After that, it was a lot of aesthetics, you know, panels, paint, stuff like that. And then. What about the trans cooler? Do what? The trans cooler? Yeah, well, come to find the issue with that was the water or the trans fluid had water in it and it was just. Oh, extra cooling. cooling immediately. Yeah, not so much. Extra cooling. <laughs> so it wasn't the line size or the size of the cooler? Um, I think. Because it had just like a part store trans cooler with a small like six or eight inch electric fan on it. And it probably would have been just fine if it didn't have water in it. But I already had the the big expensive derail cooler laying there for later plans with the Cherokee before I traded it off for that. So I went in and slapped it on there and still did not help at all. So I finally just dropped the pan, drained all the fluid, and... My buddy, who's a mechanic, was up there with me the night I dropped the pan and drained all the fluid. And he was like, that shit's got water in it. And like, we got to looking at it in the light and just the viscosity of it. You could tell it was watered down super bad. He was like, I, that, that trans is probably trash. But I didn't want to listen to that. So I run like five gallons of good ATF through it. And, you know, run it for five minutes, drain it. Run it for five minutes, drain it. Run it for five minutes, drain it. And... I haven't had any problems since, and it's uh, that was a a big deal because I really didn't want to have another built trans coming out of my wallet. <laughs> <laughs> but and then it went to panels and wheels and tires, and I did a steering upgrade on it right before I went to the hammers. I put double ended steering on it. Oh yeah, and found out that the axle tube had 
twisted somehow. I don't know if y'all saw the pictures of that or not. No, that sounds like so. a fun time. <laughs> yeah, I got the new solid knuckles put on, the new high steer arms set on there, and um, went to tack up my ram mount, and I got the, almost ready to start building the tie rod links for it. And I got to look in, and I looked from, you know, like the passenger side across the axle over the driver's side. There's probably like a two inch difference in the height of the steer arms. Like it was rolled back and up. Oh, shit. Uh, but the only thing I can gather is it was like that when it was built because it's trussed. Uh, the tubes are welded in. Then the truss doesn't show any signs of giving or breaking. And the knuckle hasn't, the inner C hasn't spun or anything. So. So you think the previous owner had that happen, just didn't realize it, and then did all that work to it? I believe so, yeah. That's uh, wow. the best theory I can come up with. And there's no telling how long it's lived like that. So wow. my driver's side, everything on the driver's side is offset like an inch and a half to compensate for the passenger side being level and the driver's side being not. Holy shit. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, it's, I, I'll... I'll, I'll Send some pictures in here when we get off later. It's uh, it's pretty comical. When I found it, I just stared at it for like an hour. I was like, "You gotta be fucking kidding me!" <laughs> so that explains why you were uh, talking about steer fourteen bolts. Yeah, that was a a very close thing to happen. If I could have found one that was ready to roll under there, I'd have probably done that before the hammers. Oh my god, that'd have been sick. I was I was super concerned with it, and then I got looking. I'm like, you know what, man? This thing's probably lived like this for the past ten years at least. It's if it's lived that long, it'll keep living. Yep. And now I've just come to terms with it. And I'm like, fucking is what it is. <laughs> so did you still do the um, the full hydro on it? I did. Yeah. I actually just um, made it the way it should have been when I got as soon as I got back from the hammers. I spent like two days in bed and then fixed it where I wanted it. But because I did the high shear arms and the double shear bolt that goes from the high shear arm to the factory location. And I should have put my arms on there when I did it, but I just did some misalignment spacers on the high shear arm and single sheared it. And I probably had three inches of misalignment on a single sheared. I, I absolutely hated it, but I was in a hurry. Hey, and by the time I got back to my hammers, I could actually see where the time had flexed over in touch the double shear bolt going from the <laughs> upper to the lower. I'm like, yeah, that's got to get fixed like <laughs> immediately yesterday. <laughs> yeah. That was the first thing I did since I got home after laying in bed for two days. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I suppose tell us about the pilgrimage. Um, uh, like the drive out there mm -hmm. or just the journey to get out there. Not necessarily just the drive. Uh, everything leading up to it, man, honestly, I just took like three months off of wheeling and just combed over the whole buggy like several times, fluids, you know, pulling covers, new, new front drive shaft, just little shit that really needed to be addressed before, you know, making that long of a trip, you know, fresh bearings, fresh grease, made sure everything was tight and snug and nothing was breaking or bending or anything like that. And honestly, just let it sit in the garage and not be broken for a while <laughs> <laughs> so how did so did you did you end up driving it out there or not obviously not driving the rig or but i mean trailering the rig out there yeah we took my buddy matt's truck and trailer 
It's a old cab over K three hundred ten speed Kenworth truck. And we took his uh I think it's a forty three foot gooseneck with a it's got a camper on the front of it. It's we took both of our rigs on it and no heat, no AC, oh. no music, freaking oh. driver's what? Well you guys just singing to each other the whole time? Oh, uh, we had table? a Bluetooth speaker that worked pretty well. But uh, not quite the acoustics as the regular set of car speakers. <laughs> uh, how was the ride in the cab over? Uh, the driver's seat wasn't bad at all because it was an air. It was an air ride seat. The passenger seat was basically a couple pieces of plywood with some styrofoam and cloth over it. Just like the good old days. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. I, I, I was like, man, this is what truckers felt like thirty years ago. Fucking hats off. <laughs> yeah, that just sounds miserable to me. Cab cab overs are not known for comfort. <laughs> no, uh, understandably, plenty of space though, like storage space up against the windshield. It's freaking great. I mean, you could put your whole bedroom up under the windshield there on the. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> so how Probably long of a drive it. was it? Do I know? How long of a drive was it? From where um, you on paper, from. His house where we left to Hammertown was 31 and some change. Ooh. It took us right at 44 hours to do it total. Going one way. <laughs> that's a ride and a half. Yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> that, that's not that bad. We got. Cleaner. Go ahead. That That's not that bad for driving clean across the country, though. No, we, we only really stopped one time other than like to refuel and grab, you know, a quick bite. We stopped one time for three hours, took like a three hour cat nap. And that's really the only time we rested the whole way. But that thing was, it, it pulled really good on flat ground, but it would just absolutely slug on a hill, man. <laughs> Going into like California, there's like several really long, steep grade hills for several miles. And 25, 30 mile an hour all the way up those. It was, oh, yeah. Holy shit. It was, a, a, was. Ex, yeah, it was an experience to say the least. It's definitely nothing I'll ever forget. <laughs> so I noticed that the girlfriend was with you on this adventure. Was she also in the truck or no? No, she, okay, we left Saturday morning at like 4 a.m. And she flew out there Monday morning. So we got into Hammertown Sunday at like midnight-ish. And um, she flew out there. She got out there Monday at like, I want to say like 3 o'clock. After oh, we yeah. got there, she That's flew back night. out on Monday. What did you say, Richie? I said I think she got the better deal. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, she got the the cushy Delta ride playing tic tac toe with the guy across the aisle from her there, and all that fun stuff. <laughs> so now, um, what were the sleeping arrangements? Did you guys stay in a tent the whole time, or did you at least kind of get a little anything bougie, or just rough it the whole time? Uh, the truck had a. It's actually an old news truck. It used to carry like the big satellites <clears throat> around. That's for CNN. So it had a. It's got an area, kind of like a sleeper behind the cab, but it's not connected to the cab. But it's probably, it's like a, 
a 10 by 12 area. And uh, me and Sydney stayed in there. We had a queen size air mattress we throwed up, and I had some shelves in there. So it really wasn't bad staying in there. It was pretty cozy, really. It's no worse than like a truck bed camper, like a lot of guys have, mm-hmm. in my opinion. And it it wasn't bad at all. We had a little space here that we ran for ace or uh, for heat, and it was a little cramped, but you know, I've stayed in worse. You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. <laughs> Better than fucking sleeping on the ground. Damn mm-hmm. right. Yeah, you couldn't pay me to sleep in a tent out there. There's no way. So that's something that I've always been like. You've heard of Burning Man before, right? Yeah. Dude, the fact that people go to that and then sleep in tents is still fucking mind-blowing to me. Like, I don't understand how people drugs. are like, yeah, fuck it. Yeah, that's a good point. Go to sleep. That's Lots a good point. Of drugs. Just, that's the cheat. <laughs> Like how, the, how, the wind out there is crazy. I don't know how you could keep a tent down, man. You'd have to have some serious stakes. Just like towards the end of the week, it got so much worse. The wind out there is brutal, man. I mean, it just constant gusts all it the time. It looks so warm. It looks like it's it's warm out there, but uh, based on the fact that you're using a space heater, I'd say desert gets cold at night, which makes sense. But yeah, during like the first three days, it it was definitely t-shirt weather. Like I actually got a sunburn the first two days, and I tried to stay in a sleeve the rest of the week because I was burnt. But at night it drops off. I mean, forty-five, fifty degrees, easy. Oh, so it's not that cold. Uh, I don't know. It's pretty chilly out there in the desert. It's such a dry. I don't know. It's it's a different feeling out there. Like the weather out there yeah. changes so drastically compared to what we're used to. I guess. Mm. Also, it's. It- like you were saying, it's a blowing 45 degrees. Yeah, you know, the wind chills 30. <laughs> damn, that's and fucking exciting, though. I bet, I mean, I shit, if it were me, I would have been damn excited getting all the way out there. Oh, yeah, we were super stoked the whole way out there. I mean, we were pushing, 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 you know, just ready to get there, ready to get there. You know, we were doing everything, you know, we could do within reason to get there in a timely manner, you know, as fast as god willing and as fast as we could push that truck <laughs> <laughs> that's fucking awesome so what's hammer town like um hammer town itself is i don't know it's kind of like a carnival if that makes sense so like a lot of food vendors yeah, you know sponsor trucks stuff like that we stayed outside of hammer town uh, out on the lake bed but um Hammertown itself is really cool. I mean, you've got all your sponsors and your vendors and your food and, you know, the big monster energy stage and stuff like that. You can walk up and watch the start and the finish line and all that fun stuff. There's a so many vendors and stuff. They're like, it's it's crazy to be in a place that there's so many like-minded people, I guess you would say. Yeah. It's like so many people are that, are, that live in the same world as you, kind of. Mm. It's really cool to see. But the lake bed and stuff, like where most people camp, and it's so crazy. Like if you go up to the top of one of the mountains and look out, there's just, you know, campers and lights and fireworks and shit as far as you can see out through there. It's it's wild. That's sad. How, how do they organize like where everybody camps? Do they or do you just is it do you just go to Johnson Valley and pick your spot or like what's how do they organize that many yeah. people it is 100 percent free for all like when you turn on boone road is a road that takes you into the hammers quote unquote 
Mm-hmm. Oh, excuse me. And anything after you turn off Boone Road is pretty much free game. Because there's like there's desert area outside of the on the Hammertown Gates mm-hmm. or outside of the Hammers Lake Bed, and there's people camping out there. And then you go through like um, where you where they check your tickets and stuff like that. And then after that, it's just you can literally park anywhere. Like there was guys camping way up on the mountains, up in the sand, close to the trails. I mean, just guys that have you know rooftop tents and stuff like that. I mean, you could camp anywhere out there. It's one hundred percent a free for all. Oh yeah, makes sense. There's enough space. <laughs> it almost seems like having an overland setup wouldn't be the worst thing for that. No, not at all. If you want to stay like close to the action, like if you want to, you know, be close to the race course or Chocolate Thunder or Backdoor, any of the trails out there, really. I mean, you could drive out there, you know, find a flat spot, throw your tent up, stay there for a night, you know, move half a mile across the lake bed the next day and be in a different spot. It's you could be, you know, go into a trail that's a mile away and you'd pass, you know, just a random camper out there in the middle of nowhere or a random rooftop tent or a truck bed camper or something just parked there, just hanging out. <laughs> I don't even like, I can't even imagine just compared to the stuff that we have, you know, Eastern US. It's just, there might be space, but there's not open, empty space like that. And lack yeah. of trees. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, it was really hard to like grasp it at first because I mean, it's just like, well, this is so open. Like, I've never seen so much flat uninhabited land in my life i've never been that far west that was the furthest time i've ever been you know that side of the country and just even driving out there you're like if this shit was on the east coast it would be you know i mean there'd be apartments and like yeah housing (laughs) subdivisions like that freaking everywhere because there's just so much uninhabited land out there my god man this, this is crazy to see this I think I think it's due to the lack of water, right? I think is actually the reason why it's not super inhabited. I believe well, I think so. a lot of there. It's just not very desirable land. I mean, don't be fooled. Go on Google Maps and look, and you'll see uh, suburb after suburb, and they're like hellscapes. But uh, um, hold yeah, on, you're telling me people of... don't like sand? Women love the beach. All right, Graham. I think yeah, you're but wrong. Not when there's no water. <laughs> Even though they don't go in it, See, you know, it's like a water beach. <laughs> well, maybe if out west you would, because right? it's actually warm. But <laughs> nobody just wants sand. Why not? <laughs> sand without water is is just gross. There's nothing. I so mean, now, unless you're racing your jeep or truck or whatever out there. So now, Eddie, now did you guys go out there specifically to like enjoy the time at Hammers, or was this more just like experience Hammers, but then also experience Johnson Valley wheeling? Um, it was definitely both. I mean, Hammers is obviously you know the event that everybody wants to go watch, but we spent pretty much every day because, like I said, we got out there Sunday night, and you know Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, pretty much all we did was wheel, and um you know, explore and, you know, just, just enjoy the actual Johnson Valley. And then Friday and Saturday, we did a lot of, you know, watching, they did, they did a lot of pre-running and stuff like that. We watched that and they did qualifying. So we did, we did a lot of watching Friday and Saturday, but the first four days, I mean, we were there to wheel I and mean, we, we tried to do as much as we could with, you know, people that knew where they were going more than anything. And, 
the wheeling out there is unreal, man. It's everybody talks about traction and it's it's not a lie. It's I pulled some lines that I never would have thought were possible. <laughs> so were you doing a lot of rock crawler stuff in your bouncer? Yeah. I mean I followed a red dot buggy around for a couple of days and several other, you know, rear steer cars for pretty much the whole time we were out there. Oh shit. And that's fun. Yeah, it was really cool to watch. I mean, I went everywhere they went. I mean, with maybe a little more trouble just for the lack of rear steer. Mm-hmm. But I mean, everybody was like, oh, God, that thing's going to, it's because my buggy is 125 inch wheelbase, which, you know, for these coasts is doable. But out there, it's like you want short wheelbase, rear steer, high belly, shit like that. Break over angle and shit. Yeah, exactly. And everybody's like, I think you're going to have trouble out here. And I, <laughs> I, I really didn't find a spot that, killed me or anything i was like well this is i can it's a slight hindrance but i'm still going where i want to go so <laughs> fuck you guys i'm going up this yeah <laughs> uh looked like you met up with brandito out there too which was pretty cool seeing yeah the, uh... We, uh, we actually at midnight when we come in to the hammers gate they were sitting at one of the it's called the 40 right there, right there at the beginning of Hammertown. They've got like a little bar and they've got some like little food trucks in there. It's kind of just like a, a, I don't know, it's hard to explain. A community outside, inside of a community type deal. They just have their own little setup in there. And as soon as we pulled in, I seen him standing the road. I was like, no fucking way. Like immediately they met it's, up with us. So it wasn't planned. He just happened to be like right where you were at the same time. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, like, we were semi-staying in touch, but the service out there is so terrible. Like, I would send a message, and he would reply, like, two hours later. So, I mean, he I don't think he – he might have had an idea when we were coming in, but I don't – I mean, I didn't talk to him for at least two hours before we got there. But <laughs> as soon as we pulled through the gates, he was standing in the road. I was like, no shit. What are the odds? <laughs> That's fucking awesome. Yeah, and we went with him and Ryan all week long. It was – and he had a little bit of an idea where he was going, so I helped a ton. Oh, uh, what? You don't want to get lost in the desert? Come on. What are you? What are you, pussy? Man, it, it's easier than you think, man. It's, it honestly <laughs> is. Like, it's a desert, but there's, you know, mountains and hills and stuff you get behind that you really can't see where you're, where you're at. Like, mm-hmm. a lot of times you think, oh, I can just look across the desert and, you know, see Hammertown or whatever. That's, yeah, look for the lights or something. Yeah. <laughs> And sometimes that's honestly not the case. At night, it's not so bad, but during the day, it's <clears throat> you can get turned around out there pretty easily. Oh yeah, just because you are, you know, several miles from it at a time, it's it's hard to you know decipher what direction you need to head in to get back to where you want to be. <laughs> You're using shadows and shit to like figure out which direction you gotta go. <laughs> yeah, or wait till it's dark and look for the lights. <laughs> That's fucking awesome. So that now, do you wish you had a different set of stickies on your rig for out west? Um, honestly, not at all. I thought it was, I thought they did great just anywhere because Johnson Valley does have like some loose rock and sand and stuff. It's not just, you know, strictly a boulder field like, you know, a lot of people would think. So, I mean, I, I saw a lot of guys, you know, everybody out there mostly runs reds obviously just because of the the terrain that there is but i never saw a time that i was like man i really wish i had reds right now and 
it, they did just fine in my opinion. But it was so funny. There were several guys that we met up with, and they'd walk up, be like, "Y'all are from around here, are you?" We're like, "No." <laughs> They're like, "Well, I haven't seen those tires out here in ten years, and this is definitely not a West Coast buggy." <laughs> <laughs> You should have slapped the uh, the super bald 43s from the Toyota on it. And I'm like, yeah, from around here, what do you mean? <laughs> like, yeah. I come really close to it. If I hadn't picked up the set of tires I had on it now, I was going to put the bald stickies on there and take it out there. I bet they would have worked almost better. Actually, I guess in the sand, it probably wouldn't be that great, but I don't know. I don't know. It probably just float across the top of it, really. <laughs> I mean, really, what's that thing going to weigh? That thing doesn't weigh all that much. Uh, I'd say the I'd say thirty eight hundred pounds ish, give or take. That was my guess. Without you or the girlfriend in it, that's what, that was my guess. Yeah. yeah, that just makes it a big floaty thingamabobby. It'll just yeah. I, my guess would be you know full cooler, you know me and the old lady in it, probably four thousand pounds. Do you only weigh a hundred pounds, and then the cooler I mean, is somewhere in that area though? You know, what <laughs> I, mean? say, I was like, my math is not math. <laughs> <laughs> but no that's that's fucking awesome i mean i kind of take back what i asked originally because it's like no sx guy is ever gonna be like man i wish i had a different set of tires where i bet you the red label guys every once in a while when they blow out a sidewall they're like fuck i should just bought a set of sx's so i yeah. guess like it's kind of a dumb question now that i really think about it um yeah sx is like the universal sticky that just kind of doesn't give a fuck. Its only downside is the weight, yeah, and the cost. Yeah, I don't know. Red's more expensive than SX, so I mean, ugh. I'm I'm poor over here, you know. Like we got the Baja Boss X's, you know. We're hey, those we're are poor. great tires. I've been very impressed with those. Mm. They fuck. The only thing that they've got going against them is the sidewall, but yeah. I bought mine through discount tires, so it doesn't fucking matter. I could stick a knife blade through them, and they'll fucking warranty it if I make it look jagged enough. <laughs> Tire-wise, though, it was super funny. Like, you could tell, like, all the East Coast guys out there, like, our camp specifically, we had, like, like eight or nine people, you know, kind of in our circle that we parked in, you know, just to keep everybody in the loop. And everybody over there had... 43 SXs on the rig. Like, you could tell who wasn't from around there so easily. <laughs> like, you could walk up to our camp and it's just 43, 43, 43, 43. One set of 42 reds. 43, 43, 43. <laughs> so, is the red dot guy the same red dot guy that we met West West Virginia or no? Yeah. Uh, it's Jay. It, he had a, actually had SXs on it in West Virginia. He's got 42 reds on it now. Ooh, shit. Pretty much just for that trip, he's got another set of 43SXs at the house that he's going to keep for, you know, back home Wheeland and stuff. You know, the guy that could afford a red, uh, you know, red dot rig, it makes sense that he has two different sets of sticky tires. So I guess yeah. <laughs> swap them off when, you, you know, it's kind of like girl wearing heels or girl wearing flats. Like, oh, we're going to look pretty. Okay, you got the heels. All right, we're going to go dancing. Put the flats on. <laughs> you right. just got both ready to rock and roll. Man, that's cool. I wish I had that kind of money. Well, <laughs> he's honestly one of the coolest guys you'll ever meet, too. He's super humble, super cool. I mean, shirt off your back kind of guy. You know, most people like that, you think, oh, he's got money. He's probably a dick. And Jay's easily one of the coolest people I've ever met. 
Yeah, I wish we got to meet him sober. And again, like nothing against him when he was drinking. I just, you know, <laughs> I like to judge people yeah. off both sides of their character, not just one. <laughs> yeah. He was actually the guy that I stayed in touch with the most on the way out there. And he actually met us at the gate at midnight to show us where everybody was camping so we could follow him in and you'll get to where we wanted to be. Fuck yeah. So was there any concern of your rig, like the trailer, like the actual truck and trailer not making it to the parking spot because of it being that like environment? Uh, the main road is like a, a red clay dirt road. It's, it's so hard packed, man. Like Boone road going in is just a dirt road. And then you know, after you get to the hammer gates and stuff, it's the same way. It's there's so much traffic on it, it's packed hard as a rock. Well, that's good to know. There are actually like potholes developing in it, you know, af- at the end of the week because there's so much traffic. Like, there was literally potholes like in asphalt developing in it. <laughs> oh, yeah, that sounds like such a sick time. It's definitely something that I want to uh, get out and experience. Like, I don't know. And then I'm assuming the nightlife is quite exciting. Uh, it's unreal. Like you don't realize how many people are actually there and driving around at all hours until you're at the top of Chocolate Thunder and you can see all of Hammertown and all the traffic moving across the desert. It's like there are thousands of people driving in this, you know, fifty mile radius right now. It just it's ungodly. <laughs> uh Stupid question. What do you do for gas at Hammertown? Do you have to like go down Boone Road and head into town to get gas? There, there's a town about 30 minutes. There's one that's about 30 minutes away. There's several gas stations on the way there. And there's another one that's an hour away, which is a little bigger like highway town with restaurants and stuff like that. So, I mean, you're you're secluded, but you're not, you know, more than an hour away from a hot meal or gas or a hotel or anything like that. It's really not that bad. Mm. I'm looking so at it's not map. like, sorry, sorry, you go Luke. I was going to say, it's not like the web wheelers ball level of five minutes and you're there, but it's not, you know, two hours. Yeah, It's, it's really yeah. not too bad. There were several days we went into town. We went in, we went there to go grocery shopping and we ate some lunch while we were in town. And then another day we had to go get propane tanks filled. And we went in town and ate Tommy Burger and In and Out. Stuff places we wanted to eat while we were over there where they were. So I mean it it it's really not that bad. It's no worse than living in the middle of nowhere in, you know, our side of the world. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, an hour to town is really not that bad for a place like that, in my opinion. No. What were you saying about looking at the map? I was just saying, I was looking at the map. I see, like, Flamingo Heights and then Lucerne Valley. It's like, Uh, close, pretty dense areas. Or, denser than Johnson Valley. uh, (laughs) Off of that main road. And then the other thing I'm looking at here is there's, like, is it? There's there's actually a marker on Google Maps for backdoor, which is funny. Um, so there's there's a couple different mountain mountainous looking blobs in here. Like, how is it just the immediate area, or is it like this whole back ridge as well? I don't even know how to describe. Like how vast are the trails? 
like just you- how much space is actually because I know not all of it is public land. You can't use all of it, but let me post this here. Right, like that's Hammertown and Backdoor, and is that Back Mountain as well? All you can't see it in that chat, by the way. Fair game. Let me put it in the right one. Then yeah, you're right. <laughs> like yeah, I think he's asking, it's like how how vast is the <laughs> like like were you able to just hit new trails every single time and not redo trails just because they were the fun ones, kind of a thing? Um, I would say yeah. There's um, the uh, the mountain range there where it's you know actually the hammers. Mm-hmm. They're like sledgehammer and dead blow. They're all named after a lot of them are named after you know a uh, hammer of some yeah. sort or something. So those are the main ones. Um, I know there's Laser Town, which is uh, the laser nut, I guess hut you would say or compound they have out there, and it was three miles from Hammer Town. And I know pretty much everything in between there is, you know, free game. So um, there's a lot that there's a, an absolute ton that we didn't see. But yeah. I think for the most part, pretty much anywhere out there is anything you want to do. And you it's, can get up yeah. like if you were on top of like a lookout or something, you could look out through there. I mean, there's people camping, you know, three to five miles outside of. Hammer Town, and you know, would drive in every day or just hang out out there and do what they wanted type deal. Yeah, fucking cool. I, I I imagine it's it's that whole area, which is just something my brain can't comprehend right now. <laughs> like it's just, and I know I know I've like we've talked about hammers before and all that. It's just uh, I don't know the the more you think about it, the more you're like, damn, that place is huge, <laughs> just massive. Yeah. It, it's it was it's hard to comprehend. It's if you like on top of the mountain, like I said, you could look out and just see people. You just see little dots on a mountainside somewhere. Like, dude, there's people camping out there right now. It's like that's at least two miles away from where we're standing right now. Yep. And it it it's it's hard to fathom. It's one of the things you know, people say a lot. You know, you've really got to see it in person to understand it. Now, are you happy that your rig came out with you, or do you wish that you had a different style rig for that uh, that event, like something more go fast or something a little bit more technical crawling? Um, personally, I enjoyed mine because I mean, it, it's with just the way it's set up. It's it's low geared. It's not like a a thousand horsepower hill killing bouncer or nothing like that. It's definitely more of a trail rig. So I, it did really good out there. I was surprised with it. I used front dig more than I've ever used front dig in my life or ever really? thought I would. Just because there was there's a lot of sections where you like you would want to mount a rock on the high side, but you had, you wanted to turn real steep back into it. So you would get up on the rock, you know, front dig your front over so you could make the turn or get on the line you wanted. Just because out there it is such a a picky choosy line type deal. You've got to really stick to your line and choose it carefully, mm. or you'll just be bellied out or dipped out constantly. Yeah, you actually have that option because it's so you've got so much traction. It's not yeah. just a pinball. Yeah, it's definitely <laughs> a game where up. you want to stay on top of the rocks. Like if you fall off, you can get into like pelling out and mm-hmm. just teeter totter and shit like that. You definitely want to stay on top of them out there. I I learned pretty quickly. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
like to a New England guy, could you explain like some of the different trails that they have out there? Like I know there's Turkey Claw and the Hammers, obviously, but like, are they just long running trails where you're in the same thing for like four or five hours? Um, a lot of them, like the start of a trail is just kind of like a valley between the two mountains where, you know, the waters wash the sand off the rocks and stuff. And there were several times we'd get through the marked trail. And then after that, it's, there's, it's just a, a boulder field of playgrounds that you can pick, you know, any line you wanted to go up to. If you saw something you wanted to hit, you know, piddle your way up to it and try the line or, you can follow, you know, lines that have always been dug out. And there were, like I said, there were several times we finished a marked trail and then it was just an open playground of, you know, wherever you want to go. <laughs> that's so, it's just crazy to me, especially without the trees. Like, the, I think that's the biggest thing that's hard for me to wrap my head around. It's like, oh, fuck, you need to winch. I got to put it to a tree. Like, what mm. do you do? Attach to a rock or your buddy? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I just feel like it's such an, a unique difference, and it's crazy to think that it's like it's still the sport that we enjoy doing, but like completely different at the same time. It, it's it's definitely a different scenario. Like like the uh, the winch points is a a good point. I mean, there's a ton of big rocks out there, but those rocks move. <laughs> <laughs> like if you get to pulling on them too hard, you might winch a rock in into yourself, or you may not be able to get to a rock that is sturdy enough to pull you at all. So everybody says, you know, we will the buddy out there. It's that is definitely the case. I mean, you can get into some points where you have nothing to hook to other than, you know, small rocks that aren't big enough to pull your rig up where you need to be. You know, I've always thought that those, uh, like anchors, the winch anchors were stupid until like you explaining this point now where it's like, no, those actually fucking make sense out there. Like if you, you have nothing other than rocks, and I guess trying yeah. to what are you going to winch to a cactus? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I don't know. That's just it's things that I never thought about until right now. And actually like thinking about wheeling out that way. It's just fucking nuts. Or the simple fact of like, I saw a few different um, snippets on the internet where it's like UTV people being in the middle of the fucking race line and getting run the fuck over by ultra four cars. And it's like to us, it's like, yeah, okay. You know, I hear something loud behind me or I just watch somebody get ripping down this. I'm not going to run my UTV at 20 miles an hour down it. Like just the unlimitedness that it offers. So fucking cool. Well, yeah. so from, Go ahead. from and Cody, those guys were also told by an official that the track was clear. And they were able to drive at this like parallel. Like that just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. The, they asked if the track was clear because they wanted to uh, run the track a little bit. And an official told them that the track was in fact clear, but it was not. Yeah. And, and that's to add to that, they actually had the approved pre-running flag on the side by side. I don't oh, know if you no shit. Yeah, the little progressive flag that they had yeah. in is a pre-running flag. So I don't yeah. think they were 100% in the wrong. It might have been the right place at the wrong time. I would buy they, that. It they did like have there was a to be there. 
I mean, I, I get it because, like, I used to race dirt bikes in the woods and stuff. You come up over a hill, you don't see a guy fucking drive over them, or you come clearing over a triple, some dude's on the ground at the landing. They're going to get run the fuck over. So, like, racing's racing. I get it. I just... I didn't know that whole side of it. I just saw little snippets and obviously probably just took my own interpretation of the moment. Um, but well, I had the same interpretation, Cody, until I saw some additional information. And that's why, you know, I shared. Are they alive? Because I'd feel bad talking shit about them and being wrong if they're dead now. Yeah, everyone's fine. They actually. Oh, we're good. Fuck them. Apologies. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. I didn't know all that. Um, yeah. Something like, and that brings me to like the idea of, uh, have you ever seen like the videos of like the Baja, was it 3000 or 2000, whatever it is. And like, there's just spectators just standing in the middle and some guy in a full blown trophy truck doing 120 through the whoops is just like inches from him. Shit's fucking crazy. That, Gives me that. that um, on the uh, Isle of Man race, the motorcycle race, so, oh. flipped by a bike at like 220 miles an hour because they were leaning into the track dude some of those onboard videos have you ever seen any of those luca graham of the isle yeah. man Ooh, oh, dude fuck that. that fuck gets that. me going dude i'm in sign me up no, oh i i am oh. so far out you're like let's go we're good <laughs> nope i <laughs> like my fucking cage come on dude you'll blink and it'll be over you wouldn't even know it'll be fine it's somebody else's problem at that point come on I i'm confused what are so these we videos? started we started talking about the Baja, uh, whatever. I keep forget the actual number of uh, miles that 5, it is. 5,000, whatever it is. So then he brought up the fact <laughs> of the Isle of Man, which is uh, a little small island just off the coast of either the UK. So it's like Ireland, Scotland, one of those countries. Mm -hmm. And it's a street bike race that is in like throughout the town. But these dudes yeah. are like, I mean, they're going over 180 miles an hour consistently. And like, there's over 200. Yeah, well, I'm just saying, like, it's that that is like the average or whatever. Yeah. Um, and like, there's videos, like, onboard videos, like, with the helmet, you know, like the actual cameras on their helmet, and they are tucked in, leaning, knee touching the ground, and their head is inches from like brick walls and shit. Like, they're fucking moving, or like, they're coming up. Oh, what, it's nuts. What I'm saying is the spectators are packed on the side of the road. Yeah. Like there, there was a video of a guy leaning forward. He was just leaning forward like a foot, and he got fucking smashed by a bike. Did he die? Oh, probably. Most uh, he he was severely injured in the hospital. I don't know if he died. The hospital injured him. <laughs> Damn. No, no, he ended up. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. Ended up <laughs> I know what you meant. injuries. <laughs> Graham's just being a twat rocket. Pay no attention. <laughs> Hospitals yeah. hurting people. What is the world coming to? It's just crazy to see that there's like unsanctioned stuff and it's like, I don't know, live free or die, bitches. Gives me that kind of vibe and I love it. That's yeah, like I mean, I'm about it. Most I'm just... motorsports, I feel like there's only no, so much. No, not motocross. They kind of have like chain. I guess NASCAR too. I mean, unless a there's car a big goes flying into the stands through the chain link fence that protects you from the cars but uh not f1 either f1 they they blocked the shit out of that they don't even watch mm -hmm. you watching if <laughs> you didn't pay them um yeah but, you gotta pay for the pay-per-view or whatever but yeah so it's just it's uh it's crazy to see that and i think it's cool to see that hammers has a similar vibe especially being in fucking california which is supposed to be liberal as shit and like oh god it's all terrible and small california is a large state there's yeah. a there's 
where you have a lot of people, there's going to be a lot of opinions. Uh, the one that we'll, wins out, I feel like, doesn't necessarily cover the whole, the people as a whole. Yeah, and believe me, when I say there's like-minded people out there, I didn't meet anybody out there that was from California that did not want to get out of that place as soon as possible. Yeah, there's a reason that California is one of the number one exporters of people. Yeah. Um, but that sounds I, strange if you yeah, uh, were to like that. But yeah, that was kind of. <laughs> but I wasn't gonna harp on it. <laughs> Our biggest export is human bodies. <laughs> Living or dead, I don't give a fuck. Get them out of here. Uh, <laughs> what? Yeah. Mm. Is that what they meant by the traffic is bad? Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, <that> was <laughs> I'm here for it. I heard the, the traffic was bad. Oh, it was a dirt road. There was nobody on it. <laughs> I don't know what they're talking about. Uh so anyways, back to the actual topic of this uh endeavor. How was it to actually sit down and watch the hammers and where did you watch the hammers from? Um it was really cool to just witness, you know, half a million dollar cars thrash through the rocks and through the desert. We watched, uh, we watched the Turkey Claw, Chocolate Thunder, and Backdoor, which are the most easily accessible places, you know, in best best places to view it without, you know, hiking a mile or anything like that up into the rock sections. It was, it's really fun to watch, but it's almost boring to an extent because there might be a car every 30 seconds or there might be a car every 30 minutes it just yeah the race is so spread out it's it's inconsistent really but i mean it was cool to see them you know bomb through the desert through the rocks and just watch the suspension soak it all up but it was there'd be times where you'd go 10 15 20 minutes easily without seeing a car and then all of a sudden there's three of them that come through right behind each other yeah, that now, makes sense. So, did you did you choose those? I know you said that they were easy to access, but was it just because it was more what you're into, or did it not really matter? Like, cause or was the go fast stuff just further away, or? Um. Well, obviously, just because of what I enjoy watching, we wanted to watch the rock sections. You know, just see how these cars handled it. You know, that's what appeals to us is the rocks and stuff. Um, a lot of the desert areas there were viewing places, but once they got out into the desert, they had people that, from my understanding, we didn't venture out of the desert or anything like that. Well, you could only get so close to the desert course because there was such a wide variety of line choice out through the desert and stuff that they wouldn't let you get like super uh, close to it. Gotcha, where it's like a 200, 300-foot section that they're allowed to run through. That makes sense. Yeah. And um, yeah, I, I want to say it was like a ninety-eight mile loop or something they ran. That's a so, good rip. Yeah, and through the desert sections, it'd be like if you got to one spot, you could watch them go by for like two seconds, and that's pretty much all the the viewing you got of it. I'll be totally honest; the best place to watch was from either the big screen in Hammertown or the Monster Energy truck at the start and finish line. Because you could see, you could watch it at the Monster Energy truck. You could watch it, the live stream, and you could watch them come through Hammertown through the start and the finish line and hit the jumps there. 
that was one of the, in my opinion, the better spot to watch is because you actually get to see it in person. And if nothing's going on at the finish line, you can turn around and watch the live stream on the TV behind you. Hell yeah. That's, I, I, that kind of brings me to like, um, back at like the moto days of like going to the parts of the limited tent and shit. It's like, you could just look at them on trail or on the actual track or it's like, okay, can't see him from there. Let's watch it on the video and then watch them as they go past. And then there's obviously yeah. cold drinks and shit too. So it's quite nice. You don't have to try to <laughs> carry everything with you. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was cool to watch, but like I said, it was a, a 30 second burst at best. You would get to watch a car you know go through an obstacle or through a section or something like that it wasn't you couldn't sit there for hours and it wasn't like a supercross race where you know you get to watch them run the whole track the whole time mm -hmm. it was you know, very intermittent <laughs> you get to cheer for a second it's like all right we'll see them in about 45 minutes <laughs> yeah <laughs> and the laps they ran too were like they would run um a, this rock section on this lap and then they'd make a desert loop and come back into town. And on the second lap, they would run, you know, mostly rock courses. And then they'd make a loop, come back into Hammertown. And on the third lap, they would run another section and make a loop out through the desert. So, I mean, it was – and you could keep up with, you know, like what lap they were going to run and where they were going to run it. But it was still – at by the end of the race, like after – especially with the 4,400 cars, you know, they all made – quick work of the bottleneck sections a lot of times so they were super spread out to watch it was just hard to keep up with them really that's fucking yeah. awesome i feel like it's a hard race to watch even just watching it on you know their 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 stream it's i mean you can kind of keep track of what's happening but it's i don't know it's it's <laughs> They they bounce around. There's so many people in the race. And yeah, like, and they all run on adjusted time too, so they're yeah, not. Yeah, so you it's know, goofy. The the person in first isn't you know may not actually be the person in first. You know the guy running 18th may have the fastest lap time so far. You know he may be first on paper, not physically. So it's like oh well, this Paul Wolf just was a third person through this obstacle. He must be in third place. You know it's like no, yep. he might be in 10th right now. So it's. It's it's yeah. really hard to track and keep up with. <laughs> and, and then they the, finish yeah. and they're like, so you might be the winner. Uh, <laughs> we got to yeah. wait for 50 more cars, but you're the first one here. <laughs> it's just, exactly. Yeah. I'm surprised. Was cool to, go ahead. No, 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 you're good. I was just going to bullshit. <laughs> it was cool to see, though. Like, I think uh, the guy that won it, I think it was is one of the Gomez brothers. I think he started 99th. I think is what he started and he passed all but one car. And, you know, he was the guy that won the race. So he started pretty much last and come all the way past everybody that started in front of him, except for the very first car. And it's like, well, you're the obvious winner out of this. And you passed yeah. the whole crowd on adjusted time, except for yeah. the first car. That's wild. Holy shit. It Wasn't was, there some ish? Sorry. No, go ahead. Wasn't there some issue where people were skipping a gate or something like that? And it was like adding, if they skipped it, it was five minutes of extra time. Maybe that was in the Everyman Challenge, but um, I know there was some. Uh, that was the Race of the Kings, I'm pretty sure. The bit, it was, I've got a funny story after this, but um, they, um, there was a side by side in the Race of Kings, and he skipped 
I think all but like one or two rock sections. And he was one of the physical leaders. I think he'd come in like third or something through the gate. Mm-hmm. But since he skipped so many rock sections, you know, he obviously got penalized yep. and he didn't even podium whatsoever. And a funny story with that, I don't know what to deal with them not wanting to publicize a side-by-side being in the Race of Kings or, you know, in the big 4,400 class or you know, whatever you want to call it, the the big race that everybody comes for, the actual Hammers race. But um, Ian Johnson, the guy from Extreme 4x4. Yeah. And um, one of the other guys, I'm not sure who it was, but one of the announcers that he was sharing the booth with at the time. The other announcer mentioned the side-by-side being in the race and I watched Ian crawl all over his ass for mentioning a side-by-side being in the race on the live feed. Like, it was a weird. Big deal. Yeah, I was like, what? Like, it was a big deal that he mentioned there was a side-by-side in the race of Kings. And I wonder if it's because they don't want it to turn to that. And that there's probably some loophole that allows it. Because, like, why else would you get on somebody's shit about that? That seems weird. Right. Yeah, like he, like he, like as soon as he said it, you know, Ian gave like the cutoff, like you know, the neck gesture with the hand. He and then, fucking like, did that on a live feed. Well, we were oh, in Hamilton not... watching the race. Oh, and okay. we, so the announcer's booth is right next to the stage where the big screen is. We were watching them, so we were watching them, you know, talk on the live feed. And as soon as he said it, you know, like he started giving the gesture, and he flipped his mic up and pulled him in close and got in his ear. I'm like, he just got his ass crawled. <laughs> wow yeah i was like what is the big deal but i think i think you're right though they don't want they don't want to go into that i've seen several posts talk about you know a minimum of 37 inch tire and this and that for that class because there is people wanting to run side-by-sides in it and they're trying to you'll know, find loopholes where a side-by-side can run with these you know full-size cars mm-hmm. and Holy i, I don't think anybody that's yeah. going to be wild if it does happen because you're going to have to. That's what the 4400 series is the race of kings. Yep. Yeah. So that means that you're going to be having a side by side competing with a thousand horsepower purpose built like Miller car. Yeah, but you also have to take, take in the fact of like it's a lot lighter. You can get those things tuned up pretty damn good. They, I mean. I don't fucking know. I really wonder what, like, is there not thought, as much money or something? Like, do they, I don't they're know. definitely cheaper, you know, oh, yeah. and the power to weight ratio. You got to think, you know, uh, those 4,400 cars are probably 5,500 pounds fully dressed. I mean, they're, they've got to be heavy cars with spare parts, all that fuel, spare wheels and tires, shit like that. And then you've got, you know, a 2000 pound side by side with the, same or better power to weight ratio, smaller tire, way more nimble, way more narrow, way easier to work on type car, you know, running these, these, this class that everybody's, you know, busting ass to make it through. And then you've got a $40,000 off the shelf side by side that's, you know, keeping up with or surpassing them. Hmm. Yeah. I thought they had done side by sides in previous races. Maybe it wasn't. Racer they King, have a side by side class. Yeah, I don't know if they've always had that. I think I, that may have been, and I could be completely wrong, but that may have been a newer addition within the past couple of years. Because I can recall back, you know, I want to say a couple of years ago at, at least, 
well, where, this where there is side by sides in. I mean, they're you know, it's not a normal side by side at that point. It's got a lot of yeah. stuff done to it to make it fit the class, but still yeah. a side by side at heart. And we yeah, should hit Tyler up about this because Tyler Herlock would have the answer. He races the fucking things, and but he's out I, of Arizona. Is Tyler so. in the in that class though? I don't know if he would be in that class, but I know that he was racing side by sides, and I believe that he had mentioned something on social media about hammers last year. I don't know if it was this year, but. Hmm. I, I believe it was last year that he mentioned something about hammers. Well, yeah, so he would be a good person to ask about the drama that's going on there. Yeah, I would like to know the, the true answer to that. You know, what what is the the conflict there, and why was it a big deal that a a a singular side by side was in the the forty four hundred classes? So, you know, where did that fall in on the the gray areas? Well, if you're listening and you know, feel free to hit us up on on Instagram and DM us with the answer because we're curious. But also, if you're from uh, you know the King of Hammers people and you don't want us talking about it, don't DM us because we don't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah, and, and correct me if I'm giving any false information here because this is just the little bit I've gathered over my experience and Facebook posts. So take it for what it's worth. <laughs> I love it. Makes Spewing sense, though. Nonsense. I mean, <laughs> if it was a bunch of side-by-sides, it just wouldn't... I don't think it'd be the same, right? Half the fun is all the tech in those cars. And if you can just go buy a... I don't know. What, who makes side-by-sides? What's a, what's a fun brand? Can-Am like, or Polaris. Can-Am. Yeah. But you just go buy a Can-Am and slap 37s on it and some beefier CVs and win. That's fucking lame. Yeah. It's like you're almost pulling away from the the purpose of the sport at that point it's like okay the purpose of this is you know build a badass car and have the best not buy a showroom floor car and throw a set of tires on it and and the variety right you can there's so many i mean there's some chassis that people tend to to Bomber. gravitate towards but you could build a i don't want to say a jalopy because you got to pass tech but you could build something weird, have it pass tech, and drive it. And I mean, there's a chance you could win if you have parts in it that are good and nothing breaks, right? Like, I think that's the allure of it all is you can have a million dollar car or you can spend, you know, probably still a good chunk of change, but yeah. come close to winning or podium or do something like that and not have like a big dollar car. That's oh, yeah. cool. There were several guys, you know, because we watched them. To do the trophies and the awards and stuff Saturday night, we watched all that in Hammertown where they roll across the stage and do the interviews and stuff like that. And there was several guys you could tell that were just normal guys that had built, you know, an old school bomber chassis or an old school UFO chassis or something like that, you know, in their mm -hmm. two car garage and come out and they raced it. And, you know, they were just happy to finish it. Yeah. Like there's, there's one guy that sticks out in particular. It was super funny. He actually, Stop mid race because the winner, uh, one of the Gomez brothers, had flipped. He actually stopped, winched him back over so he could keep racing because he's like, I'm not going to win this thing, but this guy's got a shot, so I'm going to help him out. Winched him back over, burned up one of his power wires going going to his starter or for his winch or something like that. Jeez. 
and he rolled across the stage. You know, he was just happy to finish the race, and that was mm -hmm. you know a compliment in his eye. I might have to get y'all to push this car off the stage because I don't know if it's going to start. And he gets out. <laughs> he gets he gets done with his interview and his pictures and stuff. Reaches under his seat, grabs a a flathead screwdriver, goes over there, jumps the starter off, gets in his <laughs> buggy, drives it off the stage. Hell yeah, that's well, like, that's beautiful. <laughs> I was like, that, that's my guy right there. That is a true American hero right there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I dig that the... I dig Ultra 4 for that reason, though, is like, you you know, you still got Ford and all of them, which I don't think is the best thing for the sport sitting there. But you I also have I don't mind like it that. as long as it's it's backing it in the right way. And honestly, I think the Ford stuff does. I don't. I mean, I don't know a lot about it, so maybe I'm wrong. But um, so the the biggest thing that I struggle with is particularly in the stock class. I now this is me talking out of my ass and all my opinion, not based in anything other than my fucking fantasy head. Um, but. You know, it's one thing when you're comparing, for example, like guys that are trying to run a older Toyota or an older um, Jeep of any particular type to you've got like Ford sitting there with a stock class car that's coming in with what, 350 to 500 horsepower, depending on the model that they decide to throw together. Um, it's IFS off of the factory. It's got a solid axle or solid rear axle. So like they're off to a bunch of massive advantages that make it uncompetitive for the little guy. That's that's better. my biggest grumble. Just be faster. Yeah, I mean like, you know, compete have with a blank checkbook. Yeah, have a blank checkbook. Go into a like... rippling debt for it. Again, I yeah, think... Yeah, but a fancy only... car with fancy parts can break just as easy as a jalopy with junky yeah. parts, right? I but mean, like you you hear stories about, and I think it was Tyler that we talked with, or maybe it was somebody else, but maybe it was Katrini. You know, like relays. Dizzy. A relay can go bad. Yeah, or Dizzy. You have a fan relay go bad, and all your fans blow up. It could be a brand new fan relay. Sometimes shit just doesn't fucking work. And if you don't have a spare one of those, like you're going to have to limp it, and that's a lot of time. Uh, and I mean, you see the new Fords rolling off a lot. They're not, uh, not that it's a car that's made in a factory like that, but you know what I mean? Like even something manufactured on a wide scale can have problems or, you know, it doesn't matter how much money you spend, you're still not out of the, you know, out of the trap of small parts failing because they're just junky, right? Half of it. Not half of it, but I mean, a portion of it is just being prepared and and you know testing everything to the best of your ability and having the parts that are going to fail and then having the parts that might not fail, but uh, you know are simple fixes if you do have a problem with this or this or this, right? And I mean, you could have all the backing in the world, but if you don't know what you're doing or know how to like go about. Uh, preparing for a race like that, then you're going to be just as as out of luck as the guy who's got a 
I think we're what? falling off here because that they, I mean, they have 4,800 cars with like engineers that probably make three times all of our salaries put together. So I think you're falling yeah. off a tiny bit on that one, just a little bit. Like yeah, them not being um, prepared is probably the last thing that they. Yeah, like, I'm just. I'm, I'm not, not saying that they're not that. prepared in a general sense. I'm saying when you're out in the desert and it's just you or you and your co-pilot, and you have a breakage on something insignificant and small that ends up taking and out the whole car. You just go to the semi truck and you grab the spare. Um, the semi truck might be three miles away. Chase cars, yeah, that I don't they, know if they have chase cars, do they? They absolutely yeah. do. Now, that this leads me into my next question for you, Luke, which also spins off of Graham's kind of uh synopsis. There is like, why do you feel that it's that Ford is the problem? Why do you think, uh, like, why can't it just be another rich dude who has a race team? Like, okay, put, put into perspective. I'm not. Um, I was gonna say lazy or not, but they have backed themselves a million times over with their sustainability in the sport. So I can't really say them specifically, but like the Campbell family, we'll say with them, like they've been doing this for a long time. They have a decent bit of money that they put into their rigs, and if they wanted to build a stock car class, like they wanted to build a car for stock class, if they went and bought a Raptor and then did the same thing, what makes them any different than Ford that you don't like Ford specifically? In your opinion, again. In my opinion, going back to it, it's just the logistical structure behind it because even the Campbells and the Millers are out there when specifically talking more about the Millers, the Millers were running ZJs in the beginning, or not in the beginning, but they were running 5.9 ZJs to get their shit rolling uh, for the stock class and to be incredibly competitive in the early days of the stock class. Um, however, you know, like I said, with Ford, they are able to pick a production vehicle off of their, as their base starting point and work around the rules in a way that someone like Campbell can't because you're allowed or you're allowed to pick any of the basically stock class vehicle frames to work with so if there is a specialty package out there Ford is able to tailor their choosing towards that and then they have the logistical structure that even the Campbells and the Millers can't really put together, in my opinion. As much as I agree with that, you know, money makes up for a lot, but if you can't drive the damn thing, you're still not going to be able to do anything with it. Money allows you to pay good drivers, though. You know, that it does. They have a good comparison, in my opinion, would be, you know, a guy that goes and buys a busted knuckle buggy for, you know, 120 grand and then gets drove around by one of you guys in a clap dash Cherokee with a fucking cage and forties on it. Yeah. Okay. Just because you've got the money to do it doesn't mean you can spin the wheel where it needs to go. And that's, I I agree. Ford's going to put a monopoly, excuse me, a monopoly, maybe like you said on the stock class, just because they do have the backing and the endless money and the ability to pay for a driver. Yeah, you can pay for a driver, but I don't know if you've seen one of those Broncos out on the trails. I've seen them maybe once or twice. Luke, I think you were there for one of them. Uh, and, I mean, he turned the wheel and broke a stub shaft or a, yep. a CV. Like, are there any Broncos in the stock or slightly modified oh, yeah. class? Yeah, they were 
there was yeah. quite a bit of them. We were watching them taking off. Um, I think we watched six or How seven. How stock of them. are they? Are they actually? They're stocks? not. Uh, the stock class, the biggest. Now this is because you have to keep the suspension the same, don't you? You can't change you it. If it's IFS, the... it has to be IFS. Yeah, if it's IFS, it has to be IFS. It does not say Here's anything about okay. the um. Like if the car is IFS, you just have to keep yeah. the basic design. Yeah, uh, you have principle. to keep it IFS, so you can run. You know, if you wanted to, twin traction beams with a fourteen bolt pumpkin. If that was what your heart desired, as long as it's still IFS, and like if your car came with um, leaf springs, it's got to stay leaf springs. But there's nothing to stop you from putting on the most expensive set of yeah. pristinely tuned coilovers on an IFS car while you're running. Um, I don't know that if makes you sense. can get yeah. away you gotta, with you gotta, you gotta you gotta stock shit the, out. Yeah. So well, like you have the stock, there's like shock uh, amounts that you can't like go over. So I guess like, I don't know, I guess what yeah, a coilover uh, be considered a, I mean, our perfect, perfect example is um, Timmy's uh, coilovers. Having yeah. the bypass with the coilover was their like get around for um, yep. one of the racing. Oh, those, classes. those super long, the like coilover combined. Yeah, they got the internal bypasses in them. I think with the stock class, you have to keep, you know, factory design, not so much, you know, factory stuff, but, you know, factory mounting locations and shit like that. But I mean, you can yeah. keep boxed A arms and, you know, 2.5 coolovers in place of the factory struts and shit like that. It's like, yeah. yeah. Uh, as long as it mounts to the frame in the factory location, no, nope, doesn't even have to mount to the frame in the factory location. Because otherwise, really? you'd see all the Jeeps running around on short arms, and there was not a single one that we watched taken off on short arms. Yeah, fair point. So, I don't know. I mean, in a, in a stock class per stock class, I don't think you're any better, and I could be. No, I don't, I don't I, think I am wrong. You could be in a Cherokee, uh, maybe a ZJ, because they have yeah, IFS. ZJs. That's why a lot of no, they don't have IFS and a ZJ. What? No, sorry, not IFS. Uh, linked just here. linked. They're all yep. linked. Mm -hmm. Um, and you could you could go probably pretty toe to toe time wise. You'd probably get beat out in a in a speed section unless you. I don't know. I mean, that's the whole thing with solid axle versus IFS, right? But um, yeah. Eh, uh, you're going to end up getting eight alive on the horsepower because it's going to make you have to maintain the factory block options. So if you're talking about a ZJ, that leaves you with the Magnum V8. So you're talking maybe a 408. Let's take one of those like uh, F150s that has, or one of those stupid Dodges that has the the link rear and front suspension, and then just tune that thing up. I mean, there's there's options. It's not there a there are options. It's any car. Obviously, a new vehicle that's going to have more horsepower numbers, a better engine, and just yeah, all that, that stuff. They're they're always going to be better, like in in the horsepower department. But yeah, my point is, it's just it's removing some of the soul to me, and that's one of the largest gripes because yeah. you just have. I don't so I don't much... know that it is personally, but I can see why you could you would think that. I mean, then we'll just agree to disagree on that. Yeah, I mean, money. Um, when when you get big companies and money involved, it's it's they 
it's it can also be like, a problem. It is but all I, the evolution of the sport, though, too. You know yep, what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. I think the 4400 class come to be, you know, these guys, you know, started building full chassis with, you know, bigger shocks and more travel and stuff like that. It's like, okay, we need a whole other class for just these guys now. So, I mean, it's, it, it is all in the evolution of it. Yep. And I mean, I, think about it this way. I mean, Ford hasn't, nobody's really had any vehicle that compared to a Wrangler in how many years and now Ford has this thing like yeah I'm not I don't know I, I, I think Ford the new Bronco doing... is relatively cool I don't I wouldn't buy one but uh yeah. I think they're the body line's cool and it, it's a cool looking truck for a modern vehicle like they actually look like they have some soul so I if that's totally gonna be the car that's you. gonna win in like the a 2024 brand new Bronco is the thing that's gonna win it's better than a a Kia Sorento on one tons or whatever. I totally agree with you on that. My, the point that I'm trying to, or the grumblement I have in particular with Ford is that they like to do this to multiple motorsports. Um, for example, in rally as well, they're doing the same thing where they're dumping. Huh? Because pretty sure they lost their, their rally team, but yeah. All right, I was going off of information from last year because that was the last time I really watched Rally was last winter. Um, M-Block's been dead for a check. year, and there Denied. was a good eight months that he, when he was like, because he was a part of their whole Ford Rally team, and there was no Ford sponsorship for his last year of driving. So two years maybe, but I hear what you're saying. I mean, I mean that's ten- not what Brian was saying, and I'm gonna go with him on this one. Um, because he's one of the people that's out there running it. They're just dumping money and sponsoring people left and right, and the amount of money that they're dumping into it is ridiculous. Yeah, they have that luxury. Big companies yeah. generally do. I don't know. When you get big companies and stuff like this, it's it's a blessing and a curse. Mm. You know, it's it's money. Back and... check denied. 2012. <laughs> uh, all right. <laughs> I'm going off of what Brian told us. Who's Brian? River City Rally. Mm, all right. You know, I don't we know. Either, either way, I I understand why why it's why why you have gripes about it because money can ruin a good thing for sure. Uh, Red Bull's doing the same I don't thing I don't think them. they're going about it in an untasteful way. I'll just say that. I will I will give you that point. Um, I'm just I don't know. I, to me, it leaves a bad taste Wait, in my mouth. I have a question. I have a question. Look at F1, for example. Why, why does Red Bull, why has Red Bull been absolutely dominating the scene? But there's Ferrari, there's Mercedes, there's Porsche, there's all of those major, major companies, but they can't. F1 they can't. is so far away from stock class racing in 4600 class or two wheel drive open rally that I'm not going to have any answer for you i don't even know the first thing about f1 other than the cars look like doritos except <laughs> for the red bull one it looks like a red bull can probably if i had to guess yeah right. that's, that's all they're made that's all they can dynamic. Make. yeah wicked aerodynamic <laughs> uh, i mean is so, it though i mean it, it's all a sponsorship thing you know it's all advertisement you know that's what i was saying yeah and you know there's guys that have you know Fox and King and ADS and Radflow in their back pocket. Do they advertise as much? No, but are they getting just as much or more support 
from those guys as you know the Ford racing team is from whatever suspension they use. I think they use RTR stuff, which Von Gittin Jr. is the owner of, and he's the one driving the stock car. So maybe there's an argument there. But again, we're kind of falling out of my realm. So I, again, yeah. we may not be the best people speaking on the matter. Yeah, no, this <laughs> is this is 120% just my opinion on it. And like, that that's just my thoughts. I'm going to leave it there because we're kind of, meandering around on the same topic for a while and i'd rather kind of move on and like what was your favorite I, class to actually watch um really the only one we watched was the big race because just the other ones were so spread out we tried to watch some of the the emc which is the everman challenge um a buddy of mine was actually racing it from back home we hung out with him for probably a half a day or something. They had to pretty much, they had a transmission fire. One of the lines blew, filled the skid plate up with ATF and caught, you know, the whole underside of the buggy and like the driver's side of the engine bay on fire. Oh, fun. And, uh, we hung out with them for a couple of days. They had to, they went through three transmissions, replumbed all the transmission, all the coolant lines, uh, pretty much just spent, all week under the buggy trying to get it back ready to go they didn't do any pre-running or anything like that they got the buggy race ready for uh, friday and they raced and i think they think you said they made it like three miles in and they lost the front output that's so fucking rough yeah to me that was a cool class to like keep up with i said we didn't we watched a little bit of it we didn't watch much just because of you know how our days played out time was but i think that was a really cool class because that was just, you know pretty much what you got you know kind of a heads up race for drag racing term you know run what you broke type deal which was really cool so could i mean again i don't know what the limitations are but like how vast is that Wrong, run what you wrong statement for that class um i'm not really sure i know like they had they've got a just for reference they've got a, a tj frame that's in front half back half bypasses and pullovers and a 5.3 ls and in, in the same class there was a guy with a samurai on leaf springs in like 35s running the same class Oh, so, shit. <laughs> it, I, I, I think it's a pretty open class because it's every man challenge. I don't think you're really racing anything. You know, I don't don't quote me on this because I'm really not sure. But I think you're just kind of, you know, racing the clock on adjusted time. You're not so much as, you know, racing the guy next to you or anything like that. You're I'm not sure if you're going for a trophy or the fastest time or how that class works. but. I'd like to, I want to look into it more, especially for next year, you know, get a better understanding of the classes and stuff. Cause this year I was pretty clueless on, you know, what the, the specs and limitations and class and stuff like that was. But the, the every man challenge was definitely more like, you know, the good old boy class in my opinion, you know, the, these oh, yeah. gar garage built rigs with LS swap and cool overs on it. We're going to go out here and run it and see what happens. <laughs> see if we can make it to the end <laughs> yeah 
That's fucking awesome. So now the uh, the night scene there, did you partake in any Chocolate Thunder activities or anything like that? Um, we ran Chocolate Thunder two nights, just kind of before the big crowd got there. Like, there was a lot of people there. What? And that is not a you thing to do. Who chose that? That seems uh, like, the, man, the you're a showboat. Come on. 40 hours from home and only having like four friends there type deal. You know what I mean? Oh, be, oh okay. Yeah. So you didn't want to like, run somebody over and then next day you're getting punched in the head. Yeah, <laughs> or beer cans thrown at me because, you know, I'll come out anyways. I started blasting type deal. <laughs> Not going to deal with that. I didn't think once. I just swung. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It, honestly, man, it's overwhelming. Like, oh, like I so believe we, it. The, the nights that we did it, we got there kind of early and, you know, scooted through the lines we wanted to hit. And, you know, there's people cheering and, you know, fireworks and stuff like that. But an hour and a half later, it was a totally different scenario. You know, it was a, the whole trails, you know, filled with rigs. There's a guy on his lid. There's people throwing beer cans. There's guys getting in fights. I mean, there's people yelling and screaming and heckling and shit like that. I'm just like, I don't want to be in the midst of that because I honestly don't have the patience for it. Yeah. Did you at least watch from afar? Yeah, we, me and Brandon and Ryan and Matt, the guy I went out there with, like, Brandon showed us around a lot. He was, like, super handy out there just because he knew – the good places to view and how to get there easy and where to park and stuff like that for like, you know, the nightlife and stuff. And specifically he was in touch with that, but we hung out with him and stuff and we would run it. Like I said, there was a good crowd there, but it wasn't like a circus of drunks yet. Mm-hmm. So whenever we did, it was fun, but we'd park and hang out for a while and then we'd just sit around and watch. And as the night goes on, it just progressively gets more and more packed, more and more stupid people. And it's like, I just, I don't have the patience to be in the center of that stage. So I was like, I'm just going to sit here and watch and at other people's so, expense. <laughs> so what you're saying is keyhole times a hundred from the first night oh, at the web wheelers. <laughs> so crazy, especially Thursday night. It, um, I don't know if it's Thursday night or Friday night. I think Thursday night was backdoor. I think Friday night was chocolate thunder. And Friday night, like, we were sitting there watching. You could see out across the desert all the way to Hammertown. And it looked like a four-lane highway in, you know, gridlocked traffic Atlanta out through there the whole time. Just yes. cars coming and going, headlights as far as you can see. You know, people parked all along these ridges. And, you know, there's thousands of people in this little holler just sitting here watching and shooting fireworks and yelling and screaming and playing music. And it's... It's it was surreal at times. I'm like, this cannot be happening right now. Like, this is you know unlike anything I've ever seen in my life. It's definitely a a humbling experience. And you see the videos and stuff, and it's like, man, that's crazy. And you're there, and you're like, dude, this is literally chaos, like anarchy to the max right now. <laughs> and that's Chocolate Thunder awesome. is not that hard. There's not a line on Chocolate Thunder that is extremely difficult. Not yeah, everything's thing. hard when you're uh, drunk as fuck. I, 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 did, I did it pretty drunk, <laughs> and it still wasn't bad. <laughs> Maybe those California boys just just don't usually uh, drink and drive. I guess I don't know. <laughs> There's so many non-driving people out there. Like I'm like, oh, these guys do this all the time, and I was like, you can't drive for shit, man. It's like, what what are you looking at? Are we looking at different obstacles here or what? 
<laughs> it's all that traction and cactus stuff. They don't understand, uh, you know, actual finesse, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Finesse is a very good word to describe what they do not have out there <laughs> whatsoever. I think they'd have more, you know, because it's all traction. They learn. No, to just that's the thing. You get sloppy because like... you'll just make it up regardless of how stupid you are. Yeah, it's you like, I mean? oh, we can crawl it, and then they get into a spot where they really need to bump it. It's like, what's a bump? How do I do that? <laughs> and they yeah. they do they do a Buckley or something, Cody, where they, oh, they gas it, and then they let off because it's uh, doing things, and that's like, no, you needed to keep giving it throttle so you could actually go somewhere instead of just. Dude, my favorite your... is when you tell somebody to bump something and then they roll, wait till it hits the obstacle, and then they and bump then they it. It's like, no, motherfucker, what are you like? You can always it. tell when it's wrong. Oh. You can tell oh immediately. That, that I, don't is like... I don't even have to look at it. You can just hear it sometimes. <laughs> you can just hear they fucked up. <laughs> oh, that just gave me anxiety thinking about it. Like every time where I'm just like, no, 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 back up again, bump it before you feel it hit something, and then continue going until you're not stuck. I don't know. Oh. If somebody did that about 10 times with three people behind them at Chocolate Thunder, wherever, and, you know, it was, uh, you know, trying to watch people do cool shit, I might throw a beer can at them too. <laughs> I will say back door. Hold on, wait till you're wait till you're back next to the computer. Oh, sorry. Hey, I'm eating up dinner over here. <laughs> Not but allowed will, to eat. Come on, we're podcast. <laughs> I will say back door is like videos make it look bad, but it's it's actually pretty steep and pretty tall in person. Mm. It's it's slightly intimidating. I I will not lie. I feel yeah, like it is, but also having watched videos, there's nowhere for you to really go other than endo, which I don't, yeah. with the amount of videos you see, you don't see a lot of endos, and I know it's a lot of stupidity, so it really is just, and, and knowing that, like, I don't know if my rig would make it or not, but like, I don't think I'd have any problem trying something like that and seeing how it went, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah. tall is hard to back down. You know? No, it's not. Yeah. That's what my clutch pedal's for. It just boop. Yeah. You definitely hype yourself up for it. Like when you get up to it and you see you're like, oh that's that's a pretty pretty solid ledge. It's undercut. Know? It's undercut pretty good too, I'm pretty sure, right? Uh the bottom of it gets dug out in a hurry. Yep. It's there's the left side's kind of got an undercut, but there's mm -hmm. several guys that they hit the right bounce and they go around the undercut versus over it. And I did not get that bounce. And I actually caught on fire on it, which was interesting. Hmm. What caught on well, fire? Well, that's what leaf springs are for. They give you the bounce you need to go over things, usually. Yeah. It's, it's, it's that it's thing that coilovers can't really do because they actually soak up all the bounce. But sometimes you kind of want I, that pinball action, you know? Yeah. I feel like it definitely helps at times. But whenever I pulled up on it, like, I pulled up on it and I gave it a little bump. Didn't quite get to like the second step of it. So I backed off, bumped it a little harder, and I got up to like, you know, the second step where everybody kind of heats them up and then plays around on it for a minute. Well, I got there and then heated them up for a minute, you know, played around, just spinning them over, working it back and forth. And then it finally pulled up a little bit to like out of one of the little holes that the tire sits in. Pulled up and kind of threw me to the left, which I was good with. 
but I could feel like it's starting to belly out just because of the rock that pokes out of the edge. I could feel yeah. it hitting there. So I, and it's like, as soon as I let off the gas to kind of, you know, like fill out where I was and maybe readjust a little bit, the power steering, I guess got hot or something like mm. that. Yeah. Sometimes that happens when you really beat on shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Puked out of the reservoir directly onto the headers, big flash fire. Oh, that'll do so, it. That'll do yeah. it every fucking time. <laughs> oh yeah. It was a big one too. I've, I've got it on video and it like engulfs the whole engine bay for like a half a second. I'm like, Jesus <laughs> looks so much worse than it really was. Yeah. But as soon as it caught fire, I just stabbed it in reverse and backed off of it, you know, where yeah. somebody could get to me if it went anywhere. Mm-hmm. But by the time I got backed off and stopped and people Brandon run down and grab the extinguisher off the back of the buggy and was ready to spray it, it done pretty much went out. But yeah, so I made it like three quarters of the way up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I feel like it's one of those obstacles you kind of have to like see and then make the decision. I'd put tire on it. I don't know. It's if definitely a long wheelbase obstacle. I will say that. Yeah, I don't know that, but I've got shitty reds. I don't know. Seems people seem to like them. <laughs> it's either like a hundred and twenty plus wheelbase. Somebody that doesn't care. Awesome. <laughs> Which is well, well, your excuse because you're you have both. Yeah, well, I, well, I have use. yeah that's you a know, good excuse. I don't know. No, that's I'll a good excuse. It, but... Where's your rig? What's your wheelbase? Oh, it's uh one oh three. How how far apart can you can you put your feet when you're walking? I don't know, but it ain't catching fire, motherfucker. <laughs> All right, you probably good. have like a like a thirty six inch wheelbase right there. Between those two Lambo feedies. <laughs> hey, Kish, you're in the same boat. Do you have any measurements for us? Get that tape measure out. I the long one. Oh, back. It's buried in the snow. The tape measure or the Jeep? It's uh, both. Jeez, <laughs> uh, I'm two and a half inches longer than. Uh, uh-huh. my, my wheelbase. He's <laughs> talking about the space between your feet. Yeah, his wheelbase. His wheelbase. Oh my god! <laughs> Where were you, Richie? Where were you for the conversation? <laughs> I got oh confused. God. It's all right. No, it's, it's way funnier right. with him not knowing the context. Jeez, oh, <laughs> Louise. Oh. So, Cody, when yep. is yours coming together? That's what I want to know. When is mine coming together? Well. I guess I guess now's a good a time as I need to talk about it. So I'm getting a tattoo. Um, I decided. <laughs> I, did you know about the the bet that I had, Eddie? Yeah, I, I know about it. So I decided that the money that I'd be spending to like cobble it together and get the truck going, drive it all the way down there to AOP, wheel it for a weekend, would be better spent actually just putting into it. So I've decided that me and some friends are just going to rip down, find some seats, and just fucking have a good-ass time throughout the weekend. I'm going to get a tattoo um, so I can hold up my end of the deal, even though I bet you 20 bucks fucking uh, old boy Logan wasn't going to hold up his end because that night he literally texted me. was like, wait, were we serious? It's like, hell fucking yeah, we make a deal. We're like, it's staying. So uh, Logan would absolutely hold up his end of the fucking deal. All right, good. Well, that's good to know. But either way, uh, yeah, I think it'd just be money and time 
better spent actually getting that thing so I can have a good time and wheel the rest of the season and then come back next year and be able to do shit. You know, it just didn't, it wasn't sitting right with me. So yeah, the rig is not coming. I am definitely going uh, because it's going to be one hell of a fucking time. And anybody who's listening, if you don't go, you're fucking stupid because there's going to be a bunch of cool people there. And if you're not there, then you're not one of the cool people. So fuck you. Um, but yeah, nope. Uh, I will be there. Rig won't be there, but it'll be a it'll be a good time, anyways. As cool as the tattoo story was, though, that didn't answer the question of when is it oh, going to be. Yeah. <laughs> What's the ETA when? on that, bro? Fuck if I know. <laughs> fuck you if need I probably know. like four more Dia or not Diablo blades. We don't use those anymore. Dewalt blades on that uh, housing and. No, no, no. In reality, all it needs is the WJ pump I have and shackles. Like, in actual, like, legitimate Tony. driving, Tony. all it needs is no, the... No, I have that. that. Beyond that. You haven't put... It It, it needs more. You're, you, you, at this point, you have all the pieces to put more things in it. Oh, yeah, no, you but I, go the, I was saying... Go the full nine yards. No, I should. You're absolutely right, but I was saying, like, legitimately, that's all it needs. Like, like actual, like... Word for word, what it needs needs summer air in the tires. Summer, no, it's got good. It's got good summer air. There's uh, still it doesn't have good winter air in the tires. That's for and sure. No, you're right. There is no winter air, but that's quite all right because we don't we don't need that because the summer air is still holding strong. <laughs> Maybe in one. No, in all of them. What the fuck are you talking about? Oh, they're to- filled and they're not flat. Yeah. I, oh, sorry. No you know, I don't have, you know, I got aluminum wheels. I know you don't know about that, but like they they don't just leak like your steel yeah, ones. I mean, <laughs> um, other than the rim that I have that's cracked, I don't have air leaking problems either. Yeah. I have a massive uh, dent Red in problem. the inner. No, 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 no. It's those stupid wheels. They're just so beat to shit. They just don't hold. What's the excuse? They're the so malleable on? now. <laughs> the inner bead dented like two, three inches in one spot on one of the front wheels. So it just, <laughs> Sean called me. He was like, do you know your tire leaks out in like 10 minutes? I said, yeah, that, that, that rim is so bent. It doesn't hold air. Uh, so yeah, it is, we'll just hammer it back out. That's the beauty of uh, a steel wheel, Cody, is when you break mm. it, you can just hammer it back into shape until it stops leaking. And then it's good mm. for another hour. Good for another hour. Okay, good to know. I'll yeah. keep that in uh, mind as uh, time goes on. Keep the hammer in the Jeep, and you're good. Or, or a crescent and a compressor. wrench, too. Yeah, that crescent works, too, help. sometimes. Not for those big jobs, though. Uh, it depends on the type of the big job. If it's one of them long jobs, they're good. If it's one of them big <laughs> jobs where it's just bent over, nah, you gotta beat that motherfucker back into submission, if you know what I mean. <laughs> but to really answer the question is uh time and money are going to be put into this so it's happening oh cody you never told the other part of that story with your uh front i mean okay, we can talk about it if you want so we what did I, I i went to call luke about something and it just happened to be a day that um i was homesick so like it was like a middle of a day, like I did a bunch of stuff for the podcast, and I was gonna call Luke about the podcast stuff. So I shot him a quick text. I was just like, "Hey, like uh, if you got a minute, like, uh, can I call you really quick?" And he was like, "Yeah, sure. Like I'll call you in a few minutes." So he calls me, and he's like, "So did you get it?" I'm like, "Get what?" He's like, "You wait, what? You don't wait? Did you go to like? Did it come in?" And I'm like, "What are you talking about? What came in?" He goes, "Go downstairs." So 
I, again, meant to call him on something completely different. Luke thought I was calling him about him buying me a diff cover, which, again, thank you, Luke. Very fucking cool of you for the data sexy. Um, and it just happened to be the craziest timing. He's like, it said it delivered, but because I hadn't come home that day because I didn't go to work, I didn't see it sitting on the front porch. And I looked at the package and it's like Cody Galand or something. <laughs> it's it's so senior Mr. Cody Galand. <laughs> Proper. At Big Cox Off Road. And uh, yeah. I thought that you were calling me about that, so I was like, wait, you know. And I was I was very pissed that you didn't get to experience it organically, but shit had me rolling. I mean, uh, in his defense, you're the one who ruined it. You should have just let it lie until he found it. I ruined thought... it. I'm I I'm thankful. I got sitting right next to the other pile of parts that I haven't put on yet. Yeah, I, I'm I'm pissed that I was the one that ruined it. I thought that he was calling me about the diff cover because it had been delivered for like six and a half hours. <laughs> oh shit! Gotta love it. Gotta fucking love it. But all right, we're actually getting close to the two hour mark. Um, do we have any final kind of things that we want to start wrapping up and getting into? I brought a small animal fact. If we count uh, fish as small animals. Sure, hit us with it. Uh, did you know that salmon, after they spawn, end up t- basically turning into a natural equivalent of a zombie? If you Google zombie salmon, you will see some very uh, interesting images of them swimming around. Their bodies literally start to rot off of them while they are still alive. What? Yep. Pacific salmon, salmon right? I think it is. Z- Oh, what the fuck? That's freaky. What? Yeah. Do you know why they do that? Uh, because the salmon's life cycle is that they are born in fresh water, and when they return to fresh water to spawn, it's the end of their life cycle, so they just drop dead. I mean, I They're... respect it. It's kind of like men wanting to die in a European war, you know? It's like, you just get that feeling where you gotta go to Europe for some reason go. at the time. Yeah, exactly. I just gotta yeah. go, man. It's my end of my cycle. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, in honor of Richie returning, I figured I'd bring that one up. I I actually have an animal fact to go off that, too. Oh, we got uh, a double animal it. fact. Young cheetahs naturally look like a what is it a uh, honey badger from the air that way eagles and other large birds of prey are less likely to pick them up that's actually sick (laughs) other interesting cheetah fact nobody want to fuck with a honey badger (laughs) no um other interesting cheetah fact is that in captivity, due to the fact that they can't run on the range that they normally would, and uh, cheetahs being one of the weakest of the big cats, they develop severe anxiety, and um, Labrador retrievers are a favorite animal to pair with young cheetahs and throughout the cheetah's life to keep around, so that way they don't have separation anxiety or anxiety, like a Kind of like a service dog for a human with anxiety. What the fuck? Yeah. Who tried that? <laughs> yeah, who was like, let's put my fucking pet dog with this rabid cheetah. It's if it's it just calms it down. Let's see. Um, yeah. I think it was one of what the... was the trial and error process on that? 
Well, Fido is gone. (laughs) The German Shepherd Henry is no longer with us, but Toby, we could try out. Um, I think it was discovered, if I remember from the article I was reading on that, um, they often use those breeds of dogs, labs, golden retrievers, to help to foster um, big cats when they're orphaned. So it was just discovered that... uh, the other cheetahs around that particular animal were uh, also much more relaxed, and the dog was loving life. So that's fucking weird. So, what are the signs of wild cat anxiety? <laughs> you know, on that one, Eddie, I I don't have the perfect answer for you. I read this article like three months ago, but Richie talking about them looking like honey badgers reminded me of it. Usually it's something along the lines of, like, chest tightness, you know, like, heavy breathing. (laughs) At least that's for people. I don't know about cats. (laughs) Uh, Other weird cheetah fact, they also purr. Uh, They're one of the few big cats that actually purrs. Brother, what? How the fuck do you know any of this? It was all in that article that I was reading about uh, cheetahs being raised in captivity. I Listen, it scrolled across my news feed and I was on break. All right, I was, I'll take it. I'll take it. Um, <laughs> I, I don't have any other cheetah facts for you, but, you know. That's a shame. Well, I'm really hoping for one more. <laughs> you're SOL there, Eddie. <laughs> Eddie, how about you give us a fact on what kind of rig you're looking to trade your current rig for? Uh, I got a rear steer bug, man. I watched a bunch of rear steer buggies for almost two weeks, and it was extremely convincing, to say the least. Hell yeah. Have you got any good bites on it? No, not at all. <laughs> really? Dude, people yeah, right now are... People aren't willing to get off their wallets for anything. It's wild. Yeah, it's definitely an odd time for buying and selling and trading. It's I can remember, you know, a couple of years ago, it was easy to move, you know, an off-road rig or something of that sort, you know, a recreational vehicle. But now it's like everybody's just kind of hiding under a rock waiting to see what happens, I think. Yeah, I would agree with that. Which I can understand. I, there's a lot of uncertainty in the world right now. May not be the best time to jump around with finances and stuff like that. Yeah, I would agree with that. It's always a great time, too. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, no time like the present. Can't take it's it with you where you go. Might as well spend it now. Fucking risk everything. All the time. Buy the buggy with the uh, twisted front axle. Shit's meant. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, you know what? She's still holding together. Hell yeah. <laughs> needs to know. Yeah, I mean, if it functions, fine. Yeah, if you're and listening and you're interested in... $8,000 in that buggy, so... If it's not broken, then it can't be counted against it. That's my yeah. thought. And, like, you have you no evidence you're that it's causing donor? issues. It's just a... It's just like that it's not a problem oh shit well hopefully if you're listening and you're interested in getting into a, a bouncer-esque rig i guess would be the best way to call it 
a command for Oof. Also, the market for a Comanche hit up chicken wing extra. <laughs> Shit, yeah. Man. Got a really nice 405 for you, Comanche. Is uh, it the same It's really not that bad. Like, I'm only going to yeah. die in 30 years. It's fine. Just a oh! damn. <laughs> All right. I'll put it like this. For being a 1987 405 speed, it is in surprisingly good shape. It doesn't have, like, rust holes through the unibody like you would expect to see out of a New England vehicle, which is mint. That All is right. pretty mint. It's probably better than any New England Cherokee. So yeah. fucking or Comanche. For somebody that lives in the Rust Belt, it's probably super nice. Mm. <laughs> yeah. It's uh it also drives surprisingly okay without a slave cylinder. Um but you probably fix that. Don't need yeah. that. Slavery was abolished like yeah. hundred plus years ago. <laughs> 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 um yeah, no, it is I've, Tennessee, though. So, it's an yeah. independent <laughs> cylinder now. <laughs> exactly. um, yeah, the independent cylinder. I I'm just gonna order a luck clutch kit and put a luck clutch in it because at this point I'm half tempted to just make it my new daily. Um, bebop around in it. Rental uh, rig. Nah, a rental rig. My friends are jackasses that barely know how to drive and can barely keep my one-ton shitbox together first when off, I lent them. First, first off, if you were the one, you know, uh, fucking spotting me, it still would have a solid V-pillar, okay? I don't want to fucking hear it. This drunk Luke in overalls we're referring to? Yes. <laughs> one nipple out? Saying, go oh, higher on that out. rock and i'm like nah dog i think it's to the left he goes nope up and i'm like okay <laughs> hey i'm not upset about that i'm just making fun of that and then it wasn't just you either there was nick hayes gary um john drove it that weekend before that it was rented out to nick and billy um at some point, Frankie's going to end up driving it, and I've already signed up to rent it out to uh, Jordan from Runs Prime at the Meet and Beat. So, like, that Did rig gets passed right around. other parts. Now, huh? does the rental include the manual or the automatic transmission option, or no? Uh, no, no. That's a special <laughs> limited edition when Graham is the passenger. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, in other words, Luke, you're just really bad at pimping out your Jeep. Yes. Perfect. It's very cheap. He just doesn't want to drive it. He hates it. I drive that thing like I own it. It's... He hates it. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> um, it, it, I put a lot of damage on it this last season. Um, the doors not opening was the final straw. Um, for me giving a fuck. But, you know, I'd say that's a reasonable enough point. Mine's still open from the inside. That's all that matters. 
Uh, the passenger one, you had to hit the door below the handle real hard, and you had like a two-second window to get it open. It it just started to piss me off. Um, and now I've already bent my double B pillar. So life is good. I'm pretty sure I blew the driver glass out and fucked the outside of that uh, uh, door handle so it didn't click anymore. It doesn't actuate anything. But because the glass is gone, you can just reach inside and open the door. Or not even use the door. You can just climb through the window like a normal person. Do you have the little metal rod inside the door, or do you still have a panel? I still have a panel. Okay, so you don't have the little metal rod with the 90-degree hook on it hanging out yet. Not yet. Oh, no, no. We haven't haven't stooped that low yet. (laughs) I'm hoping to not, but we'll see. We'll see. Give it time. Yeah, 2024 might be the year. (laughs) (laughs) Especially if your progress of driving keeps uh, getting better and better. Uh, If if it's anything like the last I saw, it's not going to be a long time until something happens. (laughs) Well, I don't know if you listened to the episode where we were talking about me complaining about the... uh, I didn't want to change my steering wheel because I'd lose... The turn signals wouldn't automatically work. And then Cody pointed out, I don't have turn signals anymore. (laughs) (laughs) So that point is out the window. I just keep forgetting it's not a a nice roadworthy vehicle anymore. (laughs) What a shame. Try to keep stock functionality when I have none of the stock components left. (laughs) On the dash, these blinkers are working damn good. (laughs) (laughs) I can see where I'm turning. That's all that matters. It's a good reminder. Oh, am I turning left? Yes. (laughs) Oh, shit. But you ain't and wrong. If it doesn't that... turn off, then how am I supposed to know when I, when to stop turning? You know, I need that. Clicks back. Okay, we're straight. <laughs> Jesus. <Damn. laughs> All right, boys. Well, thank you very much for coming on, Eddie. You have been absolutely fantastic. It was really cool to hear about your experience going out west and dealing with all things KOH. It was really fun to kind of dive into the whole should side-by-sides be in the, was it the 4800 class or whatever the big big boy class is? 44. Uh, 4400, pardon me. 4400 class. Um, it was uh, Honestly, it was a really cool experience. It was a really good look into it coming from guys who have never been out that way and haven't even really thought of planning going out that way so it's really just really cool and exciting to hear some dude from our, our area making the trip and experiencing the different style rock so seriously thanks for coming on man yeah thanks for having me thanks for letting me babble for a little while nah, hell yeah no problem. All the time, it, was, dude. it was awesome <laughs> but all right luke take us away you know when you're going through your day-to-day life remember that every person you deal with is going through the exact same, not the exact same thing, but the same level of detail that you're going with and dealing with. And the majority of people out there are good. All right.